Hello and welcome to Season 8 of How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR Communications and Podcast Consultancy, Fallowfield & Mason. It's more important than ever for businesses to incorporate sustainable and ethical practices into their products and services. Not only is this morally the right thing to do, but it also makes commercial sense as customers become more discerning with who they spend their money with. As we enter this eighth season of How to Start Up, I wanted to hear from successful founders on how they have built sustainability and ethicality into their businesses and how new founders can follow in their footsteps to build the next generation of responsible companies. I hope the advice and guidance that they share in these episodes will guide you in making your business as sustainable and ethical as possible. Should you have any questions on these topics or any questions covered by any guest or questions on PR podcasting communications, please don't hesitate. Drop me a note at juliet at fallowfieldsmason.com. I hope you enjoy the season. A lot of people comment about how lonely it can be when becoming self-employed. Leaving behind regular structure and income is one thing, but also the lack of friends at work and the community support can be significant too. I know I certainly found this when I started mid-lockdown. However, now having built up my community, I'm so thankful for it. In this episode, I speak with two founders who know the importance of community, given they've built their entire business around it. Diana and Gemma are co-founders of the skincare and wellness discovery platform Skin Days. Having met while working at Farfetch, they shared a frustration with existing skincare and retail experiences. Determined to change this, they founded Skin Days to offer expert advice, bespoke recommendations and impartial vetting for their community of beauty customers. In this episode, Diana and Gemma share their thoughts on the importance of community, both for brands seeking to build loyal customer bases and for founders when they need support during that often lonely journey of starting a company. Hi, Diana and Gemma. It is wonderful to have you on How to Start Up today. It would be great if you could kick off with a brief introduction as to who you both are and the business that you started. I'm Gemma. I'm the Chief Digital Officer and co-founder of Skin Days. I look after all things marketing and platform, and I have a background in content marketing. So I started my career very early. I worked for different publications back in Spain. And then when I moved to the UK, I work at ASOS and Farfetch in the marketing content department. And I'm Diana. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Skin Days. So Skin Days is a healthy longevity discovery platform with one mission, to guide our customers through their skin days. So the way that we're doing it currently is with skincare, but it's not just about skincare, it's about overall wellness and, and physical health. I also have a, a background in e-commerce. Chema uh, and I met while working at Farfetch. Prior to Farfetch, I was at Amazon, where I did commercial growth for Amazon Fashion, and I started my career at LVMH. Incredible. That's, I mean, a collectively very impressive track record to start a business. When did you start Skin Days? What year? So we started getting the idea for Skin Days around 2021. So back then I was approaching my 30s. I was getting very concerned about aging. I'm Spanish, so I'm all about natural skincare, natural aging. And while I was approaching my, my 30s, I started developing kind of like a natural holistic routine, wellness routine. And I realized that when you go out there, it's very focused on invasive treatments. And it's not that I have anything against them, but it's not my, how you will say here, cup of tea. But for me, it's all about embracing that journey, embracing getting older. And I think there's really something magical about it. And when I realized how crowded is out there as a customer, how overwhelming it can be, is when I met Diana. And how did you both meet? 
So we met while working at Farfetch. We obviously were working both in the business, but in different areas of the business. Rema was in the marketing team and I was in the strategy and investment team on the product side. But we connected during a Pilates class. So we bumped into each other in the changing room of the Pilates studio and we started talking about all things skincare. And that's where Rema's long research and expertise in skincare and the different products, the different ingredients, what they were doing, how they were combined with each other really came in handy as she guided me through her choices, through the products that she was using. And at the time, I think for us, it was very clear that it was a very confusing industry and that there wasn't a solution really guiding customers through those choices. So we started the business in, in 2021. We raised our first round of funding at that time, and then we privately launched an accelerator we did at the end of 2021. God, incredible. And congratulations, because it's such a beautiful platform. And given how to start up is all for new founders or people running and starting companies, I myself have definitely noticed that when you're self-employed, it can be very isolating and very lonely at times. And no one really ever warns you about this. Like, great, you're your own boss. You can take as much holiday as you like. I'm like, "Mm, it doesn't really work that way. How important is community to you guys? I think for us, the word community entitles a lot of meanings. So first of all, for us, we always refer to a community, to a group of people that are sharing and are connected by common beliefs, values, and a mission. And a part of like our personal communities that we engage with, for us, it's really important that Skin Days itself, the brand, is being led by that community. So this community, it's composed of two sides. So as a marketplace, we have our brand partners. So every brand we hold on the platform, we've met the the founders behind them, we've understood their mission, and we've built already a community with them. And then on the other hand, we have our customer. So our customer has been with us in the early days. We've we've done a lot of like focus groups, roundtables, and this customer, we've been really trying to build that community link, amplify our message with content, sharing our values. And for us, it's all about how we can support them to feel and look their natural best and guide them to their skin days. And what does the word community mean to you both? Because given it's a fundamental part of your business, from a personal and professional perspective, what does it mean? I think for for us, and and very much connected with what what Rama just said, for us, it's been an essential part of building the business. It's really, our community is our, our ecosystem of people, businesses, brand partners, customers, uh, stakeholders that share, as Rama mentioned, share our values, share our beliefs, support us, but that we support as well. So it's been an essential part of building the business. And I think, you know, something else that we, we often say is our business was born out of community. The, the first steps that we took as we built the business were all led by uh, engaging with different communities at different time of the development of the business. Given that journey, what would you be or what would your business be without a community? I think for us, being a direct-to-consumer business, I mean, we're a two-sided marketplace. So on the one side, we're direct-to-consumer. We have consumers that we engage with and that we care about and whose problems and who we want to be useful to. And then we have our brands that we work with that we need to elevate to our customers. And we really want to highlight our customers why these brands are incredible, why they have unique formulations um, and benefits that could help them for their unique specific needs and, and problems. So for us, engaging in those different communities have been essential from day one. 
I don't think we could be where we are today without having engaged with them because it's 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 been a crucial part of our business. I mean, my goodness, you've achieved so much so quickly, given that you're both female founders and relatively early stage in the business. What do you think would have happened to you had you not had that sense of belonging to something? I think the way we created Skin Days from ideation to where we are now today, it just started with a community. The first one was between Diana and myself. And the whole process has grown very organically. I think also something to highlight is our community is the main pillar that is building our community in the sense like they are the ones also sharing our own community within their communities and bringing their communities on board with us. And also something we're finding nowadays is we're partnering with other like-minded brands and businesses where we also share our community, we tap into their communities to amplify our message and our mission. So it's not only that holistic you have a sense of belonging and your members have a sense of belonging, but also it's really good business sense, right? Because you're cross-pollinating audiences, you're doing PR without even realising it, you're getting that brand awareness out there, but at the same time, getting a really lovely sense of belonging to something, I imagine. And I guess it's scaling itself in a way, and it's feeding, the beast is feeding itself. Yeah, we have an anecdote on feeding the beast. Uh, so when we launched on that note, we started with some merch. So we did our skin disc cup. Our skin disc cups, they sold out in, in the early days when we we're doing like still like our beta and private launch. We sold out the cups. And right now we, we extended our merch to four items. And it's one of our most requested, like skin disc merch is one of the most requested and search items on the platform. And also we got a lot of organic exposure from influencers, VIPs, and influential people in the space that also engage with them organically. So it just shows that, I mean, people are not going to buy merch if they don't want to be seen with it. They're proactively choosing to belong to that brand, which means they belong already and they want to publicly show that support. The merch we're using is a KPI to kind of like track our brand love and something tangible, which we love. And as you mentioned, Juliet, is doing our PR for us, is doing our brand awareness and also our community building. Incredible. Congratulations. I mean... That's a PR dream, just as a side note. So how did you set about starting the community you said was the two of you together? What was your next step after that, after you'd met and gone, right, we've got an idea here? Going back to that storytelling piece, once we came up or, or we had the idea for Skin Days, for us, we are very pragmatic, very pragmatic team, and it was all about validation. So the first thing is we went into tapping into our own communities, the communities we belong, and we first went into like the skincare, wellness, and beauty communities online to socialize the idea, share kind of like the problem we identified, the solution we were building. And also we started very early on building our own community through Instagram. So the Instagram page we currently have back in the days was just like a sort of like skincare blog profile. And we were there already kind of like sharing what we stand for for our brand. We were also socializing with our brand partners, getting a sense of not only the community side from our users, but also the industry. And it was really, really helpful as it also really helped us to kind of like shape the idea, the early days of Skin Days, and also see where our brand positioning and brand values were really standing and coming together. A lot of people I've spoken to have said and admitted they start a business, they put the head down, and then a year later, they're ready to launch and they go, oh, goodness, we didn't tell anyone what we're doing. Just tell people what you're doing because no one's going to steal the idea that quickly if it's stealable. And you'll get a really good feedback. Did you find that feedback from your community completely invaluable? Yeah, for us, the crucial thing back in the days, it was the brand partners community. So the supply side as a marketplace. 
and then also the early users one. So very early on, once we had the Instagram page up and running, we started doing skincare roundtables, one-on-one customer interviews. Also, we interviewed ourselves. Um, so the feedback we were getting there, first of all, we knew it was purely organic because no one really knew what we were doing, what we had in the behind the scenes. And secondly, it really helped also for us to narrow down how to face out our plans, our platform and how to build things with that community at core in everything we were doing. So you saved yourself a lot of pain in the long run because you were sense checking things as you went and you found those economies of scale quite quickly just by tapping into that feedback. Since we launched, and this is something that we've done and said, like we've both learned from previous experiences is customers at core of everything we do. And not only when it comes to validating ideas and getting feedback, but also like what are the needs and expectations? What are the dynamics when it comes to this aging process, when it comes to buying skincare, buying wellness, what's the behavior? So it really helped us to understand even something so simple like our tone of voice. Let's speak their language. What are the words they use? How do they browse online? And those simple tweaks, instead of doing A-B testing online or A-B testing with different tools and different and utilizing different platforms, we were just doing Q&As on Instagram ongoingly, and also sharing some sort of like questionnaire surveys online and doing, as I mentioned before, the roundtables with skincare and just let our community engage, our community share their problems, what their skincare journeys and wellness journeys were looking like and where could skin days come in and support them along that journey. And were people just happy to do this free of charge or do you incentivize them to respond? Was there a call to action when you were asking them to do this? Like, People are time poor, presumably, but it sounds like they were very engaged. So the funny thing was that they were giving merch, skin this merch in exchange. Everyone loved the brand. We also we invested a lot in in the production. So everything we've done in terms of like the merch items, like the tote bags, the cups, we have our pouches. They are locally sourced and made in London. And we also have a candle which has been made with really high quality materials. We partnered with a French brand called Quintessence. So I mean, but this all aligned with what Rama is saying. Obviously, it's all locally made. So it's merch, but it's obviously also products that are sort of high quality that represent our brand and represent what we stand for that that we're sharing with our community. Incredible. I mean, hearing you say this now makes perfect sense, but in the thick of starting a business, I'm sure seeing the wood for the trees could be a bit discombobulating. Was there a real sense of gut feeling that this was the most important thing you should invest time in? Because it sounds like on the bar chart of things you're investing in, this was number one. I think it's it's obviously something that we're sharing because it's it's a very tangible part of our community. And as Rama said, it's a very easy way for us when when we see people walking around wearing our cap or or asking us about the totes or the pouches or, or asking us about what we're building. You know, it's a very tangible way to to see our brand love, which is super exciting. But obviously, I think, but it's been something that happened very, uh, I don't want to say we stumbled upon it, but but it happened sort of by accident. We weren't so mindful about it. I think we were mindful in the way, as Rema said, that we that we were developing those branded items in the sense that we didn't go for the cheaper options. We went for the options that, you know, sometimes were a bit more expensive, but that we were really confident were sustainably made, locally made, um, and that didn't have... Um, you know, any any sort of untransparent part in the supply chain, because obviously being sustainable and conscious is a lot of different things. It's not just having sustainable materials, but it's how it's being sourced to different part of the supply chain, resources, um, you know, used and so on. But 
I would say community at the core has really been what we've invested most of our time in is the core of the business is for us really the way that you can build a community and also build a successful business. Well, I mean, how did you add value to your community? Something that we know our customer and our community is very keen and eager on is learning. It's education. They are not so keen on the gifting side, the reward side of like attending. They are more like, what can I learn? What are the insights I can get out of this session? So for us, it was always having like trending hot topic for that round table where we'll be leaving all of the members interact between each other, share their journeys. And then it will be kind of like skin day steak. And that was like very early on in the days. But nowadays we also have experts on board. So what we're doing is we kind of like evolve the format of those roundtables into community events where we invite experts. We have dermatologists. When we do our pop-ups, we are always touching on that educational informative piece because our mission, our core mission is to really guide their skin days. And in order to do that, they need to make or be able to make informed purchases decisions. As we were talking about how we add value to our customers and also to, to continue on Emma's point, I think for us, what we see also our customers very much, I would say, enjoy or, or sort of value with skin days is that, to your point, it is a very crowded space. And, you know, there are a lot of different publications and different takes on what's the best product and what are the best ingredients. And for us, our selection of brands is key. So our selection of brands are niche expert-backed skincare and wellness brands. And they all have something very specific about them that make them unique and that we elevate to our customers through these different content pieces that that Rama mentioned. And for us, that's key because I would say building a community of brands that we think deliver unique results to our customers and also have their unique benefits has been a key part as well of how we engage with, with our customers. So to give you an example, we have a Korean brand on Skin Days called Ven, which has incredible products where the formulations and the ingredients that they use are, you know, slightly different to what we see in Europe or, or sort of in the West. So they use, instead of using vitamin C, they've created patented formulations derived from ginger, from ginseng, which is antioxidant, which is particularly brightening, hydrating, alongside, I would say, high degrees of hyaluronic acid. So they have, this is an example of one product, right? But it's an incredible product for hydration, for brightening. And so those are the sort of things that are unique selection also, and the content that we share alongside it allows us to really add value to, to, to our customer base. And becoming that trusted go-to resource for this. I mean, I know when I discovered your platform, I went down a very long rabbit hole of, oh my goodness. And having started in beauty in my career, I think it was Asprey and Givenchy when they were launching their fragrances and you become a beauty junkie and it's addictive and you want to know what else is out there. But I love the fact that you're always tapping back into that higher mission of enjoying your skin days. And have you had that feedback? I think one point that's been particularly validating is that through these different events and I would say community channels, we've not only had, I would say, very positive feedback from our customer base and we see our customers and our members engage with each other. But I think something that's been very exciting for us as well is we've seen them ask for more, not just skincare products and skincare recommendations, but what facials, you know, we would recommend, supplements, treatments, dermatologists, experts. And so uh, I would say alongside that, what we've built and I would say launched more recently is an actual membership club within our sort of skin day solution. So based on the ways in which we engaged and the benefits that we provided our very early users 
what we've done is we've, I would say, formalized that. And basically, it's a membership where customers can either join us on an annual basis or on a month-by-month sort of subscription basis. And they get member prices on the platform. They get member prices with some of the clinic partners that we have for personalized recommendations on any types of treatments, facials that they would want to do. They get access to our dermatologist as well. And then obviously we have a number of events that we give them sort of firsthand access to as well. So I think for us, the in a nutshell, the feedback has been has been so strong that we've actually wanted to to formalize it and 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 sort of share it more broadly with with our with our community and customers. That's amazing. And given that you are female founders and you've started this on your own, having left, like I did, big brands behind you and the safety of a finance department, a payroll team and all of those lovely securities, let's say, how and where have you looked for your own support and community in growing your business? So I would say we've been very lucky that very early as we started the business, we actually joined a formal entrepreneur community because we joined an accelerator called Techstars in London. And so that was incredible because obviously we met a lot of founders that were in similar stages to ours or more advanced that had launched, you know, a couple of years prior to us, as well as mentors, investors, um, different types of experts in, in the industry. So that was great for us to I would say engage in that community, get a lot of feedback, get a lot of support on different aspects, but also now as we, you know, are sort of further along the process, also kind of give back in that in that aspect. In other ways, I think also Chama and I are coming from something we we often sort of share with a bit of a smile is we come from billion dollar companies, right? Farfetch, Amazon, ASOS, they're all businesses that have grown tremendously and and that we've been very lucky to be be a part of and, and that we've loved growing with. And so we're also lucky to have people supporting us on that respect as well that we can turn back to and and sort of share different challenges or steps that we're about to take and have the support along the journey. With new founders starting businesses, it can be really isolating as we discussed. What would you advise to them in terms of finding their own support network and their own community, whether it be personal, professional? I think something I've learned throughout the journey is Surround yourself by different communities because it's a very intense journey and it's very dynamic. In my case, I have my family, personal community that is composed by my partner, my family, and also my friends. I'm now leaning more on my friends than I used to. And then on the other side, business-wise, have two or three strong mentors that also complement between them. So you're getting advice on different sides of the business and different areas and just be vulnerable and, and honest with them, like share the truth, share your journey, because that's when they will be able to give you feedback. They will be able to help you, really help you. And that's the quality at the end. And the good thing about a community is that you're sharing that true belief and that and those values. So lean into those, get out there. Don't be scared of just opening and, and enjoying the journey. It's so true. Actually, what I found with the podcast, anyone who started a company is really happy to talk about it. So you've just got to ask for help. And it's something I'd never done before I became self-employed. Because again, like you, I was with these big brands, like, nope, stiff up a lip. I can do this. I can do it on my own. It's ridiculous. You get things done a lot faster if you actually put your hand up and are really honest about what you're struggling with. And that's where for me, community, and I mentioned earlier, I go to Soho Works for a co-working place. It's not even that many people know 
know what I do from a day-to-day perspective, but they can say, oh, would you like a cup of tea or how was your weekend? Just that, just incidental support around you is just so important. So you've built your business, you have a community. What advice would you give new founders in how to interact with that community? Because I'm sure there's some do's and do nots when it comes to this. I think for us, the main things that we've learned while building this community and engaging with them is to really listen to them, to take the time to listen, to get their feedback, digest the feedback. And then when you approach them again, when you go back with with something you want to share, with a new event, a new proposition, really make sure that it's matching those demands and those expectations and you're fitting into that community. Because as well as they share the feedback with you, you also want to give back to them. Not listening to those cues and not picking up on that feedback is just, I think, almost arrogance in a way. I think something that we we often talk about with Rama as well is when you're an early business, especially when it comes to your brand partners, your business partners, or your customers, you might not be able to offer the same type of value as bigger businesses in the same industry. But if you're really focused and, and as Rama said, pragmatic on how can I add value to them? So I think, for instance, for us, when it comes to our brand partners, you know, we're not as big as the biggest skincare or wellness retailers globally, right? But there are other ways in which we can we can add a lot of value. So being pragmatic, really thinking, what's in it for them? What do they care about? And in our case, for instance, with, with, with brands or different stakeholders that we're working with, they might all have different situations. They might all have something different that is important to them and, you know, that, in which you can add value. So I think identifying that and then being able to support them with that is is a key way to engage with that community, but also add value. I think when it comes to employees, for instance, or different people that you might be working with in other areas as well, no one is going to care as much as you will as a founder. So how do you get people to get excited about your business? How do you get your stakeholders to really value around you? Really kind of setting yourself in their in their shoes and thinking, okay, what's in it for them? How can I make them tick? What, what's what's going to make them care that extra extra bit and and how do i put things in place to to support them in that way i love that because i i use that when we train people how to do their pr because a lot of people are like oh, i want to be on vogue i want to be on harper's bazaar it's like but why does the vogue reader want to read about you on that website and that editor is the gatekeeper to the reader not you and they're like oh think about it the other way so and presumably with that engagement and that interaction with the community it's fine tuning it and it's not set and forget you have to keep listening you have to keep evolving and changing especially as the business grows and presumably the curation of brands grows you have to keep evolving that communication and being in tune with it I suppose is important and it's something to mention as well like can you list out all the different communities that you have because I know for me it's my team our clients our previous clients that we finished work with because we try and make ourselves redundant it's our podcast guests it's our newsletter subscribers it's friends, neighbors, families, our accountant. There's so many different people that can form little sub-communities of my day-to-day. For you, have I missed any? I would say there, there's two aspects or three aspects or to our community, right? There's our entrepreneurial community, so people that we are connected with on an entrepreneurial basis. So tech stars, for instance, but there's other type of communities for entrepreneurs that you can join. And I think that's also something that we, we offer share as advice friends that are about to start businesses or, or people that we meet along the way is there will be different sort of groups that you can join, you know, operations experts or marketing experts or CMOs, 
technical CEOs, non-technical CEOs. So there's different communities, I think, on the entrepreneurial part that you can join at different parts of your business growth when you need them. Yeah, I was going to say, on the customer side, so we do tend to like separate, I mean, on the business, what you have like different cohorts and so on. But for us, we do kind of like distinct between our early beta users who have been with us from the early days. They've seen us grown. They still come to our events and they get really, really excited because they've seen how we planted those seeds and now those seeds are, are growing. They're in full bloom. And then we have our ongoing or like new users and then a community that we have recently building ongoingly on what Diana mentioned about this, the membership is our community of experts. So that's the latest community that we've built and that we're now actively growing. Are there any last golden nugget pieces of advice that you'd like to offer a new founder when starting their business? So I think there's different quotes about this advice that we often discuss within the team but also share. But it's essentially the idea that, you know, sometimes you, you get blinded by the big picture of all the different things that you want to do. And so it, it kind of feels quite daunting to go forward. And I think there's a, there's a quote from the book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse, which is the, bo- the, the boy and the, the horse are, I think, in the forest. And the boy says, I can't see a way through. And the horse says, but can you see, can you see your next step? And so, you know, just take that next step and another step and another step. We had an eye-opening moment when we like got exposed to this advice, which is just launch. If you are not ashamed of your first product, of your first MVP, it's too late. And it's something we embrace in the team, which is progress versus perfection. And then you will start making the tweaks. You share it with your community, get the feedback, and then you have something tangible to build on versus spending months and years on building something where you cannot get concrete feedback on yeah and it might in your mind it might be perfect but actually when you get it out there they're like oh no actually no i love that done is definitely better than perfect thank you both so much for your time it's been wonderful to have you on how to start up and all the very best of luck with all things skim days thank you so much Julia. thank you if you'd like to contact either diana or Gemma, you can find all of their details in the show notes along with a recap of the advice that they have so kindly shared Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it. 